You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. It's great to welcome Joe with us this morning. And um, I'm not sure whether Joe and I have met before. Um, I think you've been here before, haven't you, Joe? You don't know? Okay. You don't? Uh, right, okay. Well, in that case, we definitely haven't met before. So, um, but uh, Joe is a, an old friend of our Joe, Joe Dolby, and uh, Joe would have loved to have been here this morning to introduce her friend to us. But in, uh, in the absence of uh, Joe's sort of physical presence, she's written something out for me to read. So you need to pretend I'm Joe this morning, a bit younger than I actually am and all that. But so Joe says this. Uh, I'm really sad not to be well enough to be there in person this morning to introduce Joe to you, but so glad I can watch the live stream and be with you in spirit at least. So Joe and I have actually known each other since we were kids. We went to the same secondary school, although I never really spoke to Joe then because she was two years older than me and intimidatingly cool. <laughs> I was, however, really good friends with her brother Adam, who was in fact my first kiss. Years later, Joe and I randomly bumped into each other in Bristol, got chatting, mostly about Adam, and ended up meeting up, getting on like a house on fire, and discovering that actually we had really similar stories of being slightly naughty teenagers that went a bit off the rails, only for God to have used all of that in our own lives for good as adults. Joe has been one of my most favourite friends ever since. There is lots I could say about Jo, some of which you'll have seen in our intro of her on social media or in community news. Uh, she's indeed a psychotherapist, a church leader, a writer, speaker and poet. She's brilliant at Instagram. She's also a mum to three kids and wife to Dan. But the best thing about her, in my opinion, is that like lots of us, Jo has been on her own deconstruction journey, refusing to stop there, but reimagining, rebuilding and restoring doing important work in the church and outside of it to integrate theology and therapy, which has been life-changing for a lot of people. I know you'll enjoy what she has to say this morning, and if you're interested in Jo's work, do check out her website or Instagram page, which I'm sure she'll tell you more about. When I knew we were doing this series, Jo was the first person I thought of to come and speak, not just because she knows about this stuff, but because I see her live it out every day, with integrity, humour and tenacity and honesty. I know you're in for a great morning. There we are. No pressure. <laughs> Do come and join us, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow. Okay. I hope I dis don't disappoint you after all of that. And um, I can only hope that I die before Jo so she can do the eulogy at my funeral because that is exactly what I want to be said. And there's so much more I could say about her. Um, you, you guys are very blessed, as I'm sure you know, to have Jo here. Um, so it is a mutual Jo Appreciation Society up here this morning. Um, so it's it's a real pleasure to be here. If you're watching on the live stream, it's really great um, that you're part of uh, what's happening here as well this morning. Um, and I must remember, I've put a note at the top of my um, top of my 
paper to say, take your watch off, because I'd noticed that I gesticulate so much when I'm talking that often by the end of the talk, my watch says that I've done 10,000 steps and it really messes up my step count. So um, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to leave that there. Um, So we're going to speak a bit this morning, carrying on the series that you've been talking about. And as Joe said, um, she said in her introduction by proxy, it, um, we're going to look at this idea of therapy and theology and how they can sit really nicely together, how wellness, wholeness, I know that you looked at the idea of shalom, how um, that's all God's idea, that's not something that the world's come up with, that secular society has come up with, that's God's idea. And I feel quite passionate about claiming that back and saying this is all God's design and plan for humanity. Um, So I do, as Joe said, I um, do spend a lot of time working with clients as a psychotherapist. It's really nice to speak to this lady here who's studying. I know you've done a six-year journey of studying and it's a long time isn't it a long time um, to get to where you want to be if you're in that area but actually that wasn't the first thing that I started off doing I have been leading a church for 10 years and um, working in church for much longer than that and as I've been doing the two side by side and actually I've gone back to university again to get um, to do my master's in psychotherapy and counselling here in Bath which is really nice so I do that online Um, yeah and it's wonderful to be able to to do that again and actually it's a full circle moment for me because I know Joe referenced us being naughty teenagers and that kind of continued on into my early 20s and so when I applied to go to university in Bath um, originally I was one point off because I was out um, not really studying and doing very well in my A-levels so I didn't get in but then 20 years later I've reapplied back to the university Um, I ended up going to a different university but then I went back 20 years later and it just felt like a real full circle goodness of God moment moment. But yeah, um, so I spend a lot of time working with clients. Um, I spend some of my time working with churches and organisations, um, d- bringing together this idea of therapy and theology and how the two can sit together really nicely. Um, and then I spend some of my time writing, researching and creating some stuff on that. So anyway, what we're talking about this morning is how God is so interested in your well-being. It's his desire and designed for you to be holy and whole. And we read that in the scripture, throughout the scripture really, um, going right back to Genesis 1, the fact that we're made and created in God's image. Um, And what I find is that many of the tools and discoveries we read about today regarding mental health, and actually I don't necessarily love the term mental health, it doesn't feel holistic enough really, Um, I much prefer the term shalom. Has anyone been watching The Chosen? Uh, I love it. If you haven't, I would really recommend watching The Chosen. It's really beautiful. And um, I love the Jewish greeting of Shalom. I know that you've unpacked this or that you will unpack it because I saw it in your series breakdown. Um, But I love that. That's like a declaration of wholeness and wellness. And I was thinking, I know you referenced me being from up north. Uh, It's not that north. Um, But um, we say say our greeting is like, that's something that we tend to say up north. I I don't personally say it but you know that's kind of like the generic greeting and then I was thinking down here I know in Bristol it's a bit more 
All right, love, all right, babber. That probably doesn't translate to bath. A bit posher in bath, aren't you? But um, yeah, we have different ways of greeting each other. And I just love this shalom that we can declare over each other. May you be whole and well in your body, your soul and your spirit. But many of the tools and discoveries um, that we read about today regarding mental health, I strongly believe that they originate from scripture, that they are in the word of God. And I don't know like you, if you struggle with this book. I struggle with it and wrestle with it, but I do know it's the place where I find transformation, where I connect with God. And when I look for ideas of wholeness and wellness, the scriptures are littered with them. God is the one who created wholeness and wellness in the first place. And I was thinking about this just last night. I, By the way, I've had the most wonderful Mother's Day because my kids are like 200 miles away. I adore my kids. I love them so much, but they're two, six and nine. And I knew that I'd get waken up at six o'clock with scrambled egg with shell in it and a cold cup of tea and everyone would open my Mother's Day presents as it happens every single year. So to wake up with Joe and Sarah in their gorgeous spare bedroom filled with light and have a lion really was the most wonderful uh, Mother's Day. And it gave me some time to think and process. And I was thinking about... Um, Genesis 1, right back in the beginning, as we're looking at this idea today of how we can integrate all the parts of ourselves and allow all the parts of ourselves to be called good and to be declared good by God, um, this is exactly what happens in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, we see right at the beginning, there's chaos and darkness. Everything is separate. Everything's disjointed. There's no cohesion There's one paraphrased Bible that calls it a soup of nothingness. Now, the poet in me gets excited about that. I'm like, oh, I love that idea. In the beginning, it was a soup of nothingness. And I think this tells us something about the character of God, that he didn't ignore it. He didn't stay away from it. He didn't withhold himself from it. He entered in. We read that the Spirit of God hovered and brooded over the chaos and the darkness and the disjointedness. And he breathed his breath. We know that the Spirit of God, the Ruach, Hebrew for breath, actually Hebrew, like Ruach, it's so much more than breath, but part of it, wind, breath, life-giving. He breathed his breath. He spoke life-giving words. And once what was disjointed and messy became good, very good. Doesn't that give you hope for your life? That when it might feel disjointed, messy, a soup of nothingness, even dark, that God doesn't withhold, God enters in. He hovers, he breathes breath and he speaks and things that are created that are beautiful and good and ordered I love this verse and I can't remember where it's from. It's a message paraphrase. It's a psalm um, that says, God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of our life. From the chaos of my life. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. So when our life feels chaos, disjointed, when we don't feel like we can integrate all the parts of ourselves. God comes and he creates order out of chaos. And again, because I had even more time to reflect this morning, um, I was thinking about that's what happens in the life of Jesus. God saw that there was chaos and things were disjointed and things were disordered. There was separation. So God doesn't withhold himself. 
He puts on brown skin and enters in in the most vulnerable way possible as a baby. And he comes to speak words, but he also is the word. We read that in the Gospel of John. And then he creates order out of chaos. And so often, and this is where I love the intersection of the two, because so often the natural reflects the supernatural. And so often what we see is what is a spiritual principle can then physicalize in our own bodies. And this is where I want to start with the idea of breath. That where there's chaos, things feel disjointed. We feel like we can't quite bring all the parts of ourselves into a whole. That when we breathe breath, it does something in our bodies. Just breathing in and breathing out creates a sense of order in our cells, in our body. In fact, we learn, and there's some great research around breathing in the areas of um, therapy. But again, let me just say, often breathing and breath work can become really associated with new age movements, but it's God's idea. Right at the beginning, it's God's breath in us. Right at the beginning, God breathed his breath and created order out of chaos. I feel really passionate about taking back some of these things and saying, no, that's God's idea. This is scriptural. This is biblical. This is beautiful. So the natural reflects the supernatural and so it is with breath. So I wonder if we could just lean into that principle for a moment and just breathe. I'm not going to lead you in a too quirky breathing exercise. I'm not going to get too quirky. Joe's probably at home thinking, oh, don't go too off piece, Joe. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to ground us in that. And remember that when we breathe, a spiritual principle is breath creates order out of chaos, but it physicalizes in our body. So if you feel comfortable and safe to do so, I invite you to close your eyes. You can place your hand on your heart with some pressure. just grounds you really nicely. And I'm going to talk you through a breath prayer. Um, So I'd love you to take a deep breath, the deepest one that you've taken all day. Fill your lungs, knowing that we're filling ourselves with the breath that God so kindly gives us. And when we, so you just get in your own rhythm of breathing, breathing in and breathing out. And here's this wonderful tip that we learn um, through therapy, that when we we allow our exhale to be longer than our inhale, it activates our parasympathetic system, which then calms down any sense of threat that we're feeling and helps us feel peace. So I'm going to talk you through a breath prayer. So when you inhale and you do it in your own, um, your own rhythm, just inhale, thank you, God, that you create beauty and order. And when you exhale, just say in your mind and in your heart, you create order from my chaos. So breathe in, thank you, God, that you create beauty. And then an intentional exhale. You create order out of my chaos. Okay. And that's something you can do at any time. It's really grounding, actually, that when we're wanting to integrate parts of ourselves that might feel chaotic and dark and like a soup of nothingness, just that breath helps move us out of threat system, out of survival and into a thriving mode. And there's so many wonderful crossovers. I'll just talk you through them quickly. Um, And if you want to take a screenshot of this, come and get my notes afterwards. You can take a screenshot of where therapy really reflects what 
what scripture and theology tell us all along. Meditation, great, brilliant principle. We read it in Psalm 1 about meditating on the law of the Lord day and night. Mindfulness, wonderful, but it's not a new idea. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Cognitive behavioural therapy, brilliant, wonderful, love it, don't practice it myself, but um, really, really wonderful for managing and coping when we're struggling. It's Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to change the way you think before you change the way you live. Intentional thinking. There have been some great studies recently about two groups of people. One was left to think whatever they wanted. They could just let any thought run wild in their head. The other group um, had to spend five minutes every day thinking intentional thoughts, healthy, intentional thoughts. Then at the end, the group that felt happier, healthier, more whole were the ones who thought intentionally. And suddenly it becomes this great matter of research that thinking intentionally is really good. we know it because scripture told us anyway Philippians 4 8 whatever's good whatever's true whatever's noble excellent praiseworthy think about those things loads of stuff now I'm on the power of gratitude and that's how we're going to finish our session the power of gratitude that actually our brains as wonderful and brilliant as they are can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. They just don't do it. It's two kind of separate parts of our brain. The brain can't entertain the positive and the negative at the same time. We know it. Philippians 4 verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, or some paraphrases, translations read, gratitude, make your requests known to God. Managing intrusive thoughts, 2 Corinthians 10.5, taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Jesus. You know, there's so much intersection between the two. And when we're thinking about integration, thinking about wholeness, thinking about wellness, I honestly believe that followers of Jesus, followers of the Rabbi Jesus who captivates my heart every day, we can afford to be on the front foot. You know, some of this stuff is so wonderfully biblical, God's idea in the first place. So let me whiz through. We've got five to six minutes or so. Uh, I've got seven minutes. Great. More than I thought. Okay, so God's idea, God's design for us to be holy and whole. And I love it. Again, I'm reading lots of paraphrase this morning. This is the message paraphrase. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole make you holy and whole may he put you together spirit soul and body and keep you fit for the coming of our master Jesus Christ your whole body your soul and your spirit we have to remember we are integrated beings for those who love the theology amongst us we're tripartite beings three parts like God father son spirit we are body soul and spirit so our physical bodies our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and then our spirit, our connection with God, the innermost part of our being, the source of our true identity, the deepest part of us. So we are a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. And I I can't quote this to the right person. I heard it once and I love it, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I love that way of framing it. And that really helps us integrate who we are. Often when we talk about wholeness, wellness, mental health, however we label it, 
We tend to concentrate in terms of our culture and our nation just on our body and our soul. You know, our mind, our will, our emotions, our physical body. But we can't deal, if we're looking for wholeness and integration, we can't just deal with one third of ourselves or two thirds of ourselves. We need to look at the whole body and soul. So the soul, the mind, will and our emotions. If God wasn't into us having feelings or reactions or thinking thoughts and exercising our free will, he wouldn't have given us the soul. So therefore, we know we don't have to amputate and cut off these parts of ourselves that we don't love, that we're struggling with, the soulish parts of our mind, our will and our emotion. We can afford to integrate them. When we feel like we have to amputate or cut off, cut off, censor or edit part of who we are, what tends to happen, and I see it in the therapy room, I see it from research paper, you just see it in my own personal, sometimes messy, sometimes chaotic life, is that when we try to censor and edit and suppress, we end up in survival mode back brain thinking. We go into survival. And here's the tension because God created us for thriving. We go into surviving and God created us for thriving. We read it in John 10.10. Life and life in all its fullness. Now this doesn't mean that we don't allow God to come and shape us, mould us, sanctify us, make us healed and whole, that there may be habits or defence mechanisms that we need to let go of. What it means is that we can allow ourselves to come face to face with our humanity, that we don't try and hide it away from God, suppress, censor, edit, that we don't fight from it, flee from it, freeze from it. And that's a lot of stuff that's worth a lot of great research around when we're in survival mode, how we go into fight, flight, freeze and fawn, which is all the people-pleasing, placating stuff that we can do to avoid um, pain. But I just want to look with the quickly, and then this is going to lead us into our um, reflection that we're going to do. I just want to have a look at how can we then, if we're going to look at the fact that... Um, well, this phrase, I didn't come up with it and I wish I did. It was by a brilliant woman called Carolyn Spring. And she says, you need to change your stance before you change your story. And what she means by this and what this means here is that if we're going to integrate all of these different parts of ourselves and really lean into wholeness and wellness, changing our stance, she's talking about change our brain stance, get out of survival mode and into thriving mode, get out of threat mode and into feeling safe mode so change your stance before you change your story so here's three ways that we can do it and they're just headlines um, and then we're going to finish and spend five minutes maybe a little bit more doing doing a reflection so changing our stance essentially very very simply put she's saying get out of your back brain survival brain and into your front brain into your front brain is where you can problem solve you feel calm reflective Healthy boundaries, you can be insightful, compassionate, full of empathy. Back brain is a bit like we're in survival mode where we feel stuck, helpless, disempowered, hopeless. Self-criticism and shame kind of hangs out in that part. Uh, it's where we can sometimes feel intrinsically bad or wrong. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but that's a hard place to be. That shame place where you feel that something intrinsically bad or wrong Whereas God declares goodness over you, over every part of your being. So here's a few things. One is to feel safe 
and to feel loved. That when we feel safe and loved, it takes us out of back brain, out of surviving threat mode and into our front brain where we can really lean into the wholeness that God has. And just a little thought that we need a full revelation of the depth of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son in order to live the breadth of John 10.10, which is about God, Jesus coming, that you, that I, that we may have life and life in all of its fullness. That when we get the revelation of how loved we are, that we're safe and loved on a huge existential level. It helps us feel grounded. It moves us from back brain into our front brain. We get out of survival into thriving and we can do the work of integration and wholeness. Is this making sense? I hope it's making sense. Thank you for the nods. I appreciate it. Great. So, okay. So feeling safe and loved. The next one is self-compassion. I don't know about you, but my self-critic, my head can be very loud. She's loud. She's mean. She's really mean. And um, I can override her with self-compassion. And actually, so interestingly, compassion increases the activities in the brain involved with um, dopamine reward. So when we're compassionate to ourselves, we get a nice hit of dopamine, which is a great reward for our body. And it really can help us. And our brain gets quite addicted to the dopamine. It likes the hit, so it continues the habit. So we can afford to be self-compassionate because God is compassionate. Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. So in order to integrate, in order to lean into wholeness and wellness, we need to change our stance before we can change our story, get from back brain to front brain. So feeling safe and loved. And God tells us, what is the gospel if it's not telling us that we're safe and that we're loved, that we're so very loved We need to be compassionate. Compassionate is a front brain stance that grounds us. And lastly, and this is going to lead us into our our reflection, is gratitude. If I was a big evangelical American preacher, which I'm not, thank you God, but I would say gratitude shapes your attitude or something that would whip you up. But there is something true about that. Gratitude does shape your attitude and God is always inviting us into gratitude. Is it because he's mean and he's um, pointing a finger at us saying, "Remind your, remember your P's and Q's? Just be grateful, you ungrateful humans. No, it's because he knows that when we're grateful, we get a hit of serotonin, we get a hit of dopamine, it helps us, it balances us, it brings us perspective, it brings us calm. Um, And we read it, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. The power of gratitude is powerful. It takes us, grounds us, puts us in front brain, which is the place that we need to be to experience the wholeness and the wellness that God has called us to, body, soul and spirit. So we're just going to do it. We're going to take a moment, whether it's on a piece of paper, if you're one of those people that have a pen and paper with you. Um, If not, get your phones out and you can do it on your phone. If not, you can just begin to think about it. And I want to invite you into the practice of gratitude. Not because I think you're an ungrateful people who need a perspective shift, 
but because I know that the truth is that when you lean into that gratitude, something's going to happen in your brain. There's something wonderful that integrates gratitude into your body, your soul, and your spirit as well. And it's an invitation from God to be grateful because it boosts us. And there is, even in the most difficult times, it's very difficult to be grateful in those times, but it can help us change our stance. I do, I note that today's Mother's Day and that can be difficult and it was just, I loved watching that Matilda thing. Thank you, Joan. I loved watching that at the beginning, made me feel quite emotional. But there's even when things are difficult and things are hard, if we can lean into the practice of gratitude, it can really ground us, shift our state and help us change our story. So... Write it, think it, opportunity to have a chat with the person next to you. What are you grateful for? We've got Jo at home, text her, tell her you're grateful for her. Find someone in your life to remind them that you're grateful of, grateful for them. This is the reflection, the thing that I would love to lead you into. So let, let me be more direct, that was a bit wishy-washy. First one is, I'd like you to take a couple of minutes reflecting, what are you grateful for? And then I would love to, you to ground it by talking to the person next to you, telling them, and let's just enjoy the serotonin and the dopamine and everything that's going to go around in the room and then um, I'll hand back. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.